I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. The energy in this closet is low. It's real low, (laughs) you guys. I won't go into detail, but I had a rough day with Dorothy yesterday. She got bit. It's a whole thing. And I had a ginormous panic attack. I am still feeling the... Uh, repercussions of that today, I tend to get into like a zombie state afterwards where I just feel exhausted and I've been up since early in the morning having to work and take care of D. So I am like, uh, understood. Yes. Totally. And I unfortunately wasn't able to be as prepared for today's episode as I usually am. Luckily, Keegan is the best co-host in the world, and I do know some stuff. So we are still going to make this happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to be totally fine. We're always totally fine. Yeah, so. <laughs> but if I don't have as many things to share, that is why uh, usually I do all my... Research from the What's in the News episode the day before and yesterday uh, was a catastrophe. So, <laughs> didn't get to do what I wanted to. That's okay. But we're going to make it work. Life happens I and know, that's okay. I'm here. I was like, can I even do this today? But I am here. So, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the biggest thing I think that's in the news for us here in the United States, I don't know about everywhere else. I'm sure people are covering it. There was like a BBC World podcast I was listening to yeah. this morning about it. Yeah. Um, Impeachment proceedings have begun. Inquiries have begun. Inquiries. They keep saying that's the, like, operative word here is it's inquiries. And there's, like, three steps to getting him actually impeached. What that means, you know, the fact that there's inquiries is really, really good. It's good, but, I mean, I think we as a people are as a whole, pretty cynical at this point. But the thing is, is that from what I've been hearing this morning is that... The goal isn't necessarily to get him impeached before 
January 2021 because the Senate is run by Republicans. It w- really is not likely that that the Republican Senate would impeach Trump. What they want to get to is the phase two, which is the trial section, where it's putting him on trial. It's showing everything that he's done. And it's bringing all of this up before the 2020 election in order to further assist a Democrat to be able to be elected president. From my understanding, right. that's what I learned. Yes. Um, you know, I also feel like, I do feel like this particular instance, I know everyone's kind of like, why now? Like, why is this the thing? Why yeah. is this the straw that, like, breaks the camel's back? Um, but, and we'll go into that a little bit later, but with this particular situation, um, a lot of Republicans are starting to kind of jump ship, which I think that's the best sign I've seen is that this looks so bad for Trump that this is kind of the thing that is making Republicans be like, oh, I need to dissociate myself from him right now. But it is interesting how he continues to play this victim role. Oh, of course. Did you see presidential abuse, uh, presidential harassment? Yeah, this is a witch hunt, this whole thing. And his loyal followers, I think, are very much in with his narrative of being a victim. So while I think a lot of very intelligent, smart Republicans are probably jumping ship, I know that he has a very large following that will probably still protect him. I don't mean his base. I mean, like, people... Yeah, the Republican Party. Like, Mitch, Mitch McConnell was actually even very quick to... He didn't contest at all releasing the transcripts. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... Yeah, and I was talking to Max's mom about that this morning. Like, why do you think that, like, the Ukrainian government was so okay with giving away the transcripts and the Republican Party? And I think it's just because, like, it may be, like, a, is this the right word, a bipartisan issue? Where it's, like, you have to kind of do what's best. Am I using that word correctly? Y- you are, but I also don't trust Ms. Mitch McConnell to care yeah. about doing what's best for everyone. To me, it is a self-preservation thing. It's yeah. either this looks so bad that whenever shit hits the fan, he wants to be able to say, well, I cooperated fully. Yeah. Or he thinks that the transcripts aren't that bad and there's going to be a way for him to... Um, try and maneuver his way out of it. Right. Like, it's it's either or. I I think that those are the only reasons. I think he's completely self-serving to himself and the party. So I don't think, um, I don't think it's at all about doing the right thing for the American people. (laughs) Right. So I listened, the podcast that I listened to today to get some information was the David Pakman show. And I, I really liked him. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I really liked what he had to say and what he was saying. He was saying that if the impeachment does go through, he's like, I wouldn't go in public places. Like, because his base would be so oh, yeah, up in arms. Absolutely. I, I feel the same way. I felt this way from the beginning. Yeah. That is, um, no matter what happens, this is what I've been telling people when they've been, like, you know, texting me and talking to me about this situation yeah. is I'm like, no matter what happens, whether he's impeached or not, um, whether he's voted out or not, any conclusion that we have, we're in for a really bumpy ride because his supporters are not his his like diehard stands yeah. are not going to handle an impeachment no. and they're not going to handle him getting voted out of office either. Like yeah. they're they're not going to take that lying down because he won't take it lying down. It is incredibly scary. Right. Yeah, no, because he is going to play the victim. He is yeah. going to say that, uh, even if he gets voted out, yeah. he's going to say that it was voter fraud, it was voter corruption, he's yeah. been planting those seeds forever. And those people who really believe in him will believe what he Absolutely. says. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, people were talking about uh, the comparison to the Clinton impeachment and um, 
the Donald Trump impeachment. And um, the thing is, is that Clinton actually had a rise in popularity because he handled it so well, where Donald Trump, this could show his true colors to a lot of people, even though he has shown them this entire time. The way that he handles this situation and these inquiries is going to show us Well, I mean, it's been bananas watching him and Rudy Giuliani try and navigate this. They look insane. They look like chickens with their heads cut off. So let's go into this just a little bit. Let's talk a little bit. um, I'll take us through kind of a bit of a timeline. So Mm -hmm. in June, on June 12th of this year, Trump had an interview in the Oval Office where he said that he would be open to accepting help from a foreign government in the 2020 election if they offered um, if they offer dirt on an opponent. Right. So he said, like, he was having a conversation with, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was having a conversation with a reporter, and the reporter was, oh, it was George Stephanopoulos, that's right. And um, he said, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone offers your campaign information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? And Trump replied, I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. There's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent, I think I'd want to hear it. Why Why was Norway brought I don't know. I think because it's Trump. You know, he, he speaks in a weird stream he of does, consciousness. I know. It's just funny the way that hearing you say it yes. is just funny. Unless you do it in a Trump accent, it really doesn't make sense because yeah. the way he speaks is so like it, it's He's so scatterbrained, yeah. Stream of consciousness. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's okay. continue your quote. So uh, George Stephanopoulos said, "You'd want that kind of interference in our election." And Trump said, "It's not interference. They have information. I think I'd take it." And you know, he was talking about how you know life doesn't work that way. Nobody's going to call the FBI if if they have information. The no gov- one. The government works that way. Yeah, a really fucking clean people who are ethical. Yeah. work that way. Yeah. You just don't work that way. Right. And um, that's not the way that you were taught that the political game works and it's not the morals that you were raised with. Right, yes, because you're like win at all costs, so what it doesn't matter. What was Trump's childhood like? It was probably awful. It was probably awful. His dad was a piece of shit. So yeah, his, just... his parents were probably terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a... It's like when you hear about, like, a, a serial killer's horrible upbringing, and it doesn't make it any better, but at least you're kind of like, okay, I understand their thought process I understand why better. he is the way he is, yeah. but, you know, it's also kind of like a poor little rich boy scenario oh, as well. Totally. You know, I, it's don't feel, like, I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah, I mean, I heard stories about Donald Trump Jr. in college uh-huh. and, like, and, and what that was like for him. Yeah. And that seemed terrible. Like, yeah. having Trump as your dad seems awful, and I can totally, again, I can totally reasonably see why the Trump kids are the way they are. And his name is Donald Trump Jr. Right, there's no escaping it. Yeah, Yeah. there's no escaping it. So I can totally see why they are the way they are, but again, you're responsible for your own, like, adult life decisions. Um, So... A month before that interview took uh-huh. place, Rudy Giuliani said that he was planning a trip to Ukraine to push for inquiries that would help Trump by getting Ukraine's new government to dig up dirt on the origins of the Russia investigation and on presidential candidate Joe Biden. See, he said this. Rudy Giuliani is so bananas, like yeah. insane. Um, so he he said this a month before that interview with George Stephanopoulos. Saying right. That they He's would coming straight out and saying Accept it. aid. Yeah. But he ended up canceling his trip and going on Fox and Friends saying if he wanted to meddle in the election, he could. But he doesn't. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, All and, right. 
And then he casually mentions that if Congress ever did ask him anything, he would cite executive privilege, which if he was able to ex- uh, uh, cite executive privilege, it would mean that the president had knowledge of this situation. So he basically outed that, like, I wouldn't be able to talk about it because if I I would be, like, talking about private conversations I had with the with president. Donald Trump, but yeah. But in saying that, that means that Donald Trump had n- has knowledge of that, this. That there have been conversations involved. That have been that. had, yeah. yeah. So, um, then in August, Trump was reported, was reportedly seriously considering blocking $250 million in military aid to Ukraine. So what's going on in Ukraine right now, I don't have a very comprehensive overview of everything that's going on in Ukraine, but, um, there is part of Ukraine that Russia has annexed and is basically trying to like take over. And Ukraine does not have the manpower or the weaponry to go up against Russia. So was they that are, something that was like during the first two world wars kind of like sectioned off from like Soviet Union and things uh, as like part that? of the USSR? Yeah. Probably. I don't really know. That would be my guess. Um I don't really know, but okay. but you know any now they're trying to take over. I think that they're trying land. to take that back right. or whatever. So Ukraine doesn't really have the military capacity to go up against Russia. So they have requested aid from the United States, and Trump has said, yes, we will give you that aid. And Trump is going to go against Russia? Uh, right? And that should have been red flag number one. Like, why would you? you yeah, know? I thought you and Putin were best buddies. Um, so they had $250 million in military aid that was supposed to be going to Ukraine. Trump was saying, we're going to withhold that military aid. So last week, in a phone call with an unnamed foreign leader, Trump made a, quote, promise that was regarded as troubling, and it prompted a whistleblower who was part of the um, intelligence committee. So I guess what happens is whenever there's there's always, always with presidents, there's like a certain number of people in the intelligence community who over who um, oversee these phone calls, right, right, and listen to these phone calls, and will make notes about them, essentially transcribing what's being said. Right. So one of these people heard something troubling and it sounds like a potential blackmail situation like i'll help you if you help me situation yes, it is it basically is so they did end up releasing the transcript and basically it was ukraine calling and saying like hey what's up like <laughs> i we're all ready to to accept this like military help yeah and what's going on trump responded and said Okay, but I need you to do me a favor, though. Which, that kind of, like, saying, I need you to do me a favor, though, it does sound like I'm not giving you this unless you give me this, right? Like, because it says, if I do this, you're going to do this. That's what that... If he were to say, I will give... I mean, this would still be bad, but if he were to say, I'm giving you this money, I would also like a favor. Or, like, the wording of it, I feel like, is very important, but also asking for a favor... Um, when it, when you know what's going on with Trump is a very scary thing. You don't right. want you don't want Trump asking favors from you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a problem no matter what. But yeah. I really do feel like that though is though. kind of the like operative word here. I think they are going to try and spin it and be like, well, we didn't straight up ask for anything. Um, you know, in exchange, there was no, I think, like quid pro quo, like tit for tat kind of like agreement made. And what do they think the favor is? What is like? He asked for a favor. There's obviously, and like, intention. 
Right. I mean, asking. at the time, Trump was saying that there wasn't anything weird or untoward going on. Um, and basically, he was tweeting that he wouldn't be dumb enough to say anything over the phone because he knows people are listening. But it's like, but you're dumb enough to say shit in front of cameras and microphones all the time. Like, yeah. I don't believe that you would have really. I mean, I think maybe you did choose specific wording that you thought could be vague enough yeah. to get away with stuff, yeah. but clearly it wasn't because there was someone in the intelligence community that was like, uh, this is worrisome. Yeah, well, and, and Trump thinks he's smart, and that's the funny part. Yeah, and I don't know exactly <laughs> what happened with that, but I do know that they, um, it didn't go through the proper channels, because it went up to, like, William Barr, who we know is, like, BFF with Trump, and, um, didn't go through the proper channels right away. Right. Which is also a problem because the white that now the White House is being accused of covering it up, of like trying to com- conceal yeah. the situation. Um so the Wall Street Journal reported that Trump urged the president of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden's son Hunter eight times in July in one phone call. Why? Um I think Hunter Biden was on some kind of committee in the Ukraine. Okay. Um, for something or another. So he's trying to get dirt on Joe Biden. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I don't know exactly what that whole situation is. I didn't spend a lot of time looking into that yeah. because it's already been like disproven. It's already not disproven, but it's already been looked into. Right. Like there was already an entire like legal proceeding, like looked into it to make sure right. everything was kosher, and right. they did. So it, I didn't want to spend too much time even like yeah. talking about that. I get it. Um, so around this time, Rudy Giuliani, because he's Trump's lawyer, starts going on, like, news outlets because I guess he's trying to play defense. And he, or offense, I don't know, sports nowadays, but <laughs> sports. he is losing his shit all over the place. It is <laughs> insane. Like, honestly, if you guys have not watched these interviews, I highly suggest you do, because he was on Fox initially, well, was he on Fox? No, okay, he was on CNN first, and he was asked if they ever asked Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. At first, Rudy Giuliani says no, that they asked Ukraine to look into, because I guess there was some, like, Ukrainian software or something that helped with the Mueller investigation, Uh uh, looking into that. So they asked Ukraine... um, to look into interference in the 2016 election for the benefit of Hillary Clinton. And so when the news anchor says, I think it's Chris Cuomo, when he says, so you never asked anything about Hunter Biden, Giuliani Giuliani starts making some kind of, like, excuse about being like, well, well, and then he's kind of like, well, yeah. And so Chris Cuomo is like, okay, so you did ask them to look into Joe Biden, and then Giuliani goes, of course I did. What? (laughs) He's like, of course I did. Well, duh. And so during the course of this same interview, Rudy calls the allegations that he asked Ukraine to look into Joe Biden ridiculous, and then said, I did it and I'm proud of doing it. What? And then said, the charge is ridiculous. (laughs) So, no... And then, of course, and then I'm proud of it. That's a good... And uh, then it's ridiculous. It's a great... It's a great story, He's all over the place, and it's so crazy to watch, like, Chris Cuomo, like, have a conversation with him, because he's, like, 
Rudy, you just said this thing. Like, yeah. we, it, he's like, it's recorded. We can rewind it. Yeah. And then he went straight. It was so funny because, like, he went straight. It's like he just walked out of the CNN yep. studios and walked over to Fox News. <laughs> and Fox News, like, already had the clip of yeah. him at yeah. CNN. And then they played that for him. And they're like, can you explain this? This thing you just said? <laughs> um, it, it is It is so funny to watch. Oh, my watch. gosh. Um, so throughout this whole period of time, like, so before any of the stuff was released and before the, um, impeachment inquiry was beginning, Trump's story continued to change as to whether or not the conversation even took place. Uh, he was like, I can't remember. I talked to a lot of people, you know, like a whole Trumpism. If I was like a criminal detective, I'd be like, hmm, Hmm. let me get my monocle out. It seems as though your story may be completely contradictory. And then he went on to say that they did have a conversation, but the conversation was perfect. They had a perfect conversation. <laughs> it was a perfect conversation. And you should have heard it. It was perfect. Perfect. And that nothing shady went on. And then he started to say that they did talk about Joe Biden. Um, and he had every right to talk about Joe Biden. So he went from being like, I don't know if the conversation took place to it did take place, but it was fine to, I talked, talked about, about Joe, Joe Biden, Biden, but I'm allowed to do that. And it, it was just... He and Rudy Giuliani are a match made in heaven. They're both just so, like, old and senile. Yeah, like, they're honestly, just two sides of the same coin, you it, know? It's insane. And you can see in these interviews with Trump, like, the growing sense of panic in his eyes because I he's think like, he's... He's like, what do I do to make this better? And then he just keeps making it worse. worse. Yeah, yes. He's digging God. his grave just, yeah. like, further and further. So on Tuesday, uh, this past Tuesday, the 24th of September, Nancy Pelosi announced that they would begin uh, impeachment kind of proceedings, like, uh, in, in the inquiry. Yeah. Uh, the, and this is from CBS News. The Trump administration on Wednesday released the much-anticipated summary of President Trump's phone call in July with Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky. The conversation that was part of the whistleblower complaint at the center of House Democrats' new impeachment inquiry. Mr. Trump, who was in New York for the opening of the United Nations General Assembly, spent the day arguing the summary... Vin- <laughs> Vindicated him, arguing that the summary vindicated him from Democratic claims that he had pressured a foreign leader to interfere in domestic policies. I didn't threaten anybody, Trump said during a press conference Wednesday afternoon. So this is exactly what I was going to say he was going to say, which is like... There's no direct proof that I I never said the words yeah. that were well, and I just think it's funny too because he tweeted something like this was supposed to be a great day and Democrats ruined it like oh my god you're such a baby I know um so yeah I mean this the the summary did show that Trump urged the Ukrainian president to investigate Joe Biden and his son. Uh, yes. So his son, Hunter Biden, sat on the board for the Ukrainian National Gas Company okay. at the time. So he was they were trying to look up dirt on Joe Biden. Right. And, you know, I'm guessing he sees Joe Biden as his main competition, which I'm right. kind of like, let those two go at each other so yeah. that somebody else can like. So Elizabeth Warren can be like, yeah, hey, <laughs> rise to the top. According to the memos, Linsky said Ukraine was almost ready to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes, referring to powerful anti-tank missiles. Mr. Trump responded, he would like you to do us a favor, though. So they were like, hey, you have those missiles that we need. We're ready to buy them from you. And Trump's like, "Mm, can you look into Biden, though? Uh, Can you do that? That'd be great. So, um... 
so yeah, so there was all of that. And then, you know, stuff just keeps unfolding. It keeps unfolding. I think it was this morning or last night that Trump threw Pence under the bus, which I'm like, you fucking idiot. He basically came out and said that Pence also knew about and had conversations with Because he's like, if, I, if I'm going down, you're all going down with me. But that is so stupid. It because is, like, Well, we're talking about Donald Trump. A lot of people are now tweeting like, okay, well, if Trump gets impeached and Pence gets impeached, yeah. then Pelosi might be the president. <laughs> and can you imagine if, if Trump gets Pelosi to be the president? He will <laughs> lose his fucking shit. He would throw a tantrum. Yeah, he will lose his fucking shit. So stuff just keeps getting released. Um, You know, there's a lot of Republican politicians who are jumping ship. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think that that's interesting. I think that that speaks to how bad this looks. Yeah. For Trump, I think it's an interesting conversation uh, to have as to why now, with everything that has happened, now is the time that Pelosi has decided, like, this is enough to yeah, get him. May- maybe because they had enough. You know, maybe right. before there wasn't enough to go on. So, really quickly, I know we spent most of the episode talking about this, and of course it's something that we're going to continue to speak about um, as these events unfold, because new shit about this yeah. is being, you know, unveiled every day. And I'm super excited. Me too. But... Uh, I also didn't want to ignore the climate strike and Greta Thunberg. So let's talk about that very quickly um, because we don't have a ton of time left. Yes, I love this girl. She is amazing. I love her passion. She is amazing. So um, so Greta Thunberg, last year in 2018, she basically had a climate strike by herself. I read her, she posted a thing today or yesterday where she was talking about how this whole thing started. Yeah, it was like a school strike, right? Well, but she did it alone. Yeah. Because oh, no one yeah. else, nobody else was interested in yeah. participating. Even her parents didn't help her because they were like, no. Yeah. Um, so she did this by herself. She stood, I think it was outside of like S- Swedish parliament, some parliament building, and with a big sign that was like, you know, a strike for the climate. Yeah. And essentially like what she's saying is... For all of these young people, there isn't going to be a planet for them to inherit. So what's the point in going to school Yeah, if the planet is going to fall apart? So she was urging uh, – she got a lot of traction that year. She got a lot of oh, yeah. um, news you, you know, agencies started coming to her. Um, she – then it decided like to to plan another climate strike that was kind of worldwide yeah for school aged children this year and it blew the fuck up like uh-huh. everywhere many countries uh, uh many schools participated a lot of students um who basically just didn't go to school yeah to protest the the inaction of adults in this like climate yeah. um, crisis essentially and she spoke at to US Congress she spoke uh recently at the UN um and her speeches were super powerful super moving yeah. i have videos of some of them that i will post to instagram yeah, it's so powerful yeah really. and i also love her because she is a autism advocate mm-hmm. she has asperger's and she's been very like like 
forthcoming about like the fact that she has Asperger's and that's why she doesn't give a shit yeah. about like she calls it her superpower because yeah. she's like I don't care yeah. about s- social norms the way that other people do and I don't care what you think of me right yeah, yeah. I, I just don't give a shit exactly did, so. you, did you see the interview where I can't remember who said this but somebody called her like mentally ill and then the other interviewer was like, you realize this is a child, right? Like, you're, like, bullying a, a child. Well, I mean, a lot of people on the right have been coming for her. As we've seen, I mean, like, it's such a bad look, but it doesn't seem to make any difference. We have seen people on the right go after children time and time again. Yeah. We saw it with Parkland. We're seeing it now yep. um, with Greta, where I, I actually saw someone tweet, and this is a trigger warning because it's awful, but there was someone on the right who tweeted, not even being provocative, but if you think Greta Thunberg has the maturity to guide global policy making, then you cannot object to Jeffrey Epstein paying sick 16-year-olds for sex. What? This is what we're dealing with. Like, this is what we're up against is this kind of mindset. It's completely different. And, well, it's completely different. And it's like, I, I don't understand this line of thinking, especially when for years and years and years, the right has been saying that 16-year-olds are, 16-year-old girls are mature enough to live with their decisions when it comes to pregnancy. Yeah. You know, and like not being able to get abortions and things yeah. like that. Oh, if she's mature enough to... Uh, help us with our global climate, then she'd be mature enough to be raped by Jeffrey Epstein, basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, and The Onion had... I love The Onion lately because it's essentially just, like, sarcastic headlines that are real, where it's just, like, adults mad that 16-year-old girl doesn't want the world to end. Yeah. And is, like, working (laughs) hard to avoid that. I mean, I don't... I truly don't understand, like, why, where... I feel like the culture war is in such a place where we are so divided, where we can't even come together to decide that, hey, maybe the planet's worth saving. Yeah. So we don't all die. Like, you know what I mean? It's such a weird thing to be partisan about. It really is. You know what I mean? Like, if there isn't one thing that we can come together on... Yeah, it should be this. And what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Like... I mean, you'd lose money, which I think is the biggest problem, exactly. is, like, these capitalist policies. Because I'm like, other than that, what's the worst thing that can happen except that we have a better planet? Yeah. You know? Like, even if we're wrong about climate change, which I don't believe all these scientists no. are wrong, but even if they were, the worst thing that can happen is that we have a better, cleaner planet. Yeah. What's wrong with How that? How dare you want to have a cleaner planet? I know. We're <gasps> all about dirty planets. We like things dirty. We like things oily and greasy, and, and we want ecosystems to be wiped out. And we want everything dead. If somebody, like, just, like, if someone's listening to this podcast, like, in their room, not with headphones on, and, like, a parent just walks in and, and hears like, this. You can't listen to that no, anymore. No, that's, like, bad. You they seem like bad to- influences. <laughs> Uh, But, yeah, I'm sorry we didn't go further into Greta. You know, we will at some point. And I will post um, her latest speech. I love love that she doesn't give a fuck. You know, me at 16, I was so, like, worried about what the adults around me think. And she does... And pleasing them. Not care. She's yeah. she basically is taking them to task and being like, don't I yeah. love that her main thing that she says a lot is like stop turning to young people for like hope and comfort because yeah. you're fucking us all over. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah, and she I like uh, a recent interview or a recent speech she gave where she just continually says, How dare you? How yeah, dare exactly. You? That's the speech she's, of the UN. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I should be in school right now, like 
learning about yeah, you know, I don't how to be an adult, but want I'm not to because strike. I have to. Yeah, because yeah. it's like because what like why am I preparing for my future when I may not have one? Right, and so, Ugh, so uh, also there were fifteen children, including Greta Thunberg, who are suing the UN. Uh, essentially. So they're just suing the UN, yeah. which I think is amazing. Yeah. Uh, which, okay, so we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. We will get more in depth about, you know, Greta and all this stuff at a later date. Sorry that we've run out of time today. Yeah. But man, shit's been happening in Shit this country. Shit has been happening all over the place. You guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you have anything that you want to say about what you heard today, if you have any ideas for us to discuss next week or things you want to hear more about, go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can follow us and direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. I almost forgot. I was, I was about like, to say. Oh. Uh, we also have a Twitter at YAMF Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. We have a Facebook business and group page. Go ahead and rate and review us on our business page. We really love it when you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We had our first one in a while this week. Made me very Yay. happy. Uh, if you don't already, go ahead and listen to us on Radio Public. We really, really appreciate it. It's a free place for you to listen and it helps us out just a little bit. Yes. All right, you guys. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye-bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.